0: And let's see. Welcome, 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 everybody. What's going on? This is John Hudson with Focus Driven with John Hudson. I am so glad you guys tuned in with me today, starting up season two on the podcast. And I got a very special friend with me today. Um, based out of the St. Louis area, but I'll let him give where he was born and raised and if the playground is where he spent most of his days. But uh, today I have the one and only uh, Mr. Dr. Leo Carrara. Uh, just to give you a few insight about him, he's a clinical leader, health educator, and a wellness advocate. He is clinically prepared at a doctorate level and is board certified in the psychiatric care. As an active member on local and national suicide prevention organizations, he collaborates with mental health experts, field professionals, and community leaders to reduce the impact of suicide locally and nationally. Uh, his evidence-based suicide prevention trainings has been utilized in crisis intervention training for law enforcement and integrated into best practices training, or behavioral health um, uh, cl- excuse me, clinical clinicians. I can't even talk right now, and I should. Uh, Dr. Carrara strongly believes in the power of human connection and provides training in mentorship, motivational interviewing, and suicide prevention. He's become a very good friend of mine. I am. I've been almost. It's been. I've been knowing him since 2019, but we connected in 2000. Excuse me, uh, 2020. Yeah, 2019 is when we first met, but 2020 is when we collaborated on a very special book that he is first co-wrote with me with the Fred Dexter and Friends series. Y'all give it up for my main man, Mr. Leo Carrara. Now, I hope I'm saying his last name right. What's going on, man? Hey, John, <laughs> hey, John how are you doing? I'm that doing a great introduction. I don't know what
1: else
0: to say. <laughs> hey, I want to let people know that I got some great quality individuals. And, and not only that, I got, a, I got a young man who I'm talking to right now that is nationally and locally known. Um, so I want to say thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today, but also too, man, I want to thank you for your service, man. I want to thank you for being the light who you are to those individuals who don't see you when, uh, you know, in the famous lights of CBS or NBC or any of these big, huge names. Uh, but you have shined your light so brightly that I've recognized you. And I want to say thank you for all you do with helping out with youth and families all across America, my man. So thanks, my friend. Yeah. So if you don't mind, we I, I met you at Johnson County Community College while I was a former counselor. You was doing a interview. Well, actually, you was doing a presentation about suicide prevention. And I had to something inside me said, man, you got it. You you got to connect with this guy. This guy knows the stuff. He seems like a really outgoing person. The way your presentation was, was superb. It was excellent. And since then, I got your information. Man, not only have we partnered together, but you have wrote a book with me and I'm just elated about it. So we're going to talk about that later. But now I want people to know more about you and about where you're from, what you've been up to and kind of how you got started into this whole gamut of suicide prevention, counseling, psychiatric care, all that stuff. So kind of give me a synopsis on how you got started in this.
1: Absolutely. Well, thanks for the fantastic introduction. And um, I know we're going to talk about the book. Yeah. Um, It's been a fantastic collaboration. I'm really excited to be a part of it. Um, So a little bit about um, you hit all the high notes. But um, I've been kind of all over the country. Um, I uh, spent a lot of my youth growing up in uh, South Florida in the West Palm Beach area, um, but I um, also spent quite a bit of time in the Midwest, um, where I got the chance to meet you. Um, I did my undergraduate at the University of Kansas. Wow. Um, and I have a Bachelor's of Science in Nursing um, from KU. I have my Master's in Nursing Education, and then um, I, for my terminal degree, I have a Doctorate in Nursing Practice. post-doctorate, I have my board certification in psychiatric care.
0: Wow, incredible! First of all, I did not know you had that in nursing, Um, so that's a shock. Like I didn't know that all this time. I'm thinking it was either in counseling or a doctorate in psychology, but you are you 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 a certified nurse? Yeah, it's a
1: the doctorate of nursing is a it's. it's uh, analogous to the PhD in nursing, or the PhD in a, a lot of other fields. Um, there's not a lot of nurses, unfortunately, that have um, terminal degrees. But one of the big things that's happened in the last few years is um, nursing has really um, been very strong, been very um, strong in moving towards the um, terminal degrees that are similar to the other professions, the MDs, um, your physical therapists, your pharmacists. Um, All of those folks to make sure that we're all, you know, on the same platform, we're all contributing to research, that we're all, you know, part of that same engine that's driving, you know, uh, wellness
0: for individuals. Hey, that's fantastic. I, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, when you talk to professional individuals and you hear their journey on how they went through the educational system and got their degrees, some for some people, it came easy. And then for others, it wasn't so easy. So, if you can expound a little bit on that, was it more of an easier road, or is it more of a or more of a difficult role? Because I got young people listening to this podcast, and you never know—they might either want to consider to be a nurse or thought about it. And even for a guy's perspective, you know, a lot of guys, there are a lot of men nurses out there, and it's thousands, if not millions, of them. Um, so, give your taste on that, if you will, please. So, the youth. And some of these other people who are interested in that field would get a better understanding of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a great subject. I love to talk about it in a couple of different ways. One, I'll just touch on that there is um there are a ton of men in nursing. Um nursing is one of those things that um I happened into by accident. It uh it wasn't something that I, you know, was like I wanted to be when I was a little kid, right. but it was something that I became exposed to and became interested in. And I have to say it's been an rewarding career Um, it's been very good to me Um, it's allowed me to do so many different things and nursing is one of those things that um, there's just a there's so many different paths that you can pursue within nursing within the clinical environment within research within business Um, there's just so many opportunities and if there's any young uh, men or women who are interested in talking about that and exploring that as a career I'm more than happy to talk to anybody about that because it's just a really fantastic that um, my college experience was a little bit different came up to me and he's like what are you doing here and I started to explain he's like no no
0: to being in the military. Um, <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah.
1: Um, and uh, Mr. Murzak he didn't owe me anything. He did not have to reach out to me. He did not have to say anything. He did not have to waste the five minutes that had that, that conversation took place. He didn't owe me anything. But he did it because he saw a young man mm. that he felt like could contribute to the world who might do something. And he <laughs> felt it was his responsibility. congratulate or thank him for many many years and then probably a few years ago i was like um you know you probably ought to reach out to him because you're getting kind of old so that means he might be too um so i really
0: Absolutely. Great, fantastic story. I think what what you were saying about the human connection part is what I think, you know, maybe some of the young people who are listening in or even some of the older people who are listening in, you know, may forgetting or maybe took for granted. Because I still know pretty much everybody who has made a big impact on my life, from Dave Ellis to my first grade teacher, Ms. Duvenick. To even my college counselor, Rhonda Staten, and these are all people at, at, at the college level. But just like you, we all have that seed, you know, that people talk about. It's like, well, what are you doing with your life? And I tell people all the time, it was no doubt I was going to the NBA. I had no doubt in my head I was going to go and I was going to be the next, you know, big star. And of course, my dreams were all, well, my dream actually came true. It just came true in another way. But in the midst of me trying to figure those things out, just like you, I had people in my life who were always watering that seed and always telling me, you know, if you can get out there, do this, do that. And I became very successful, just like what you said. And here I am now. And it's like, man, and I'm just like you in the sense of I've always kept in contact with the mentors that groomed me. And uh, kind of gave me the skills and the and the knowledge and the wisdom to pursue what I wanted to pursue because, you know, I didn't come from much. I'm from Wyandotte County, Kansas. Ain't a whole lot. Ain't a whole lot there. My mom and dad had a little bit of money, but they didn't have a whole lot. A whole lot of money. Uh, but like you said, it's 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 a story that I think young people need to know. And I think now, and I'm kind of shifting gears because uh, I think now because of the social media. And all of the facebooking and 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 all of the things that they are being connected with through the computer, we're losing a lot of the human connection part of that. And so let's segue into that. I want to talk about human connection, um, and let's talk about that in the sense of how how can we bring human connection on a more uh, strategic basis in America. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah,
1: so great. the the irony right is that we're more connected
0: than ever right and yet we really lost a lot of that really strong connection those bonds that we have with each other especially young people are really
1: at risk right right um especially considering the pandemic and everything that's going on with that right now um i've been involved in some conversations um with um, some folks out in uh, las vegas um as you as you know a lot of kids have been out of school for a long time right and there's been a lot of stressors because. If I were 10 years old, 15 years old, um, my friend group, my circle group is extremely important. Sports are extremely important, being engaged in social peer activities. Um, it's had a very strong impact in various pockets of the country. Um, and they've had suicide rates that have um, doubled in that area. And it's just, um, it's a, it's a, it's, uh, it's, it's a, a very um, unfortunate and avoidable type of loss of human life. Right. Um, and so we talk about that, There's a lot of different factors that play into that, of course, Um, but and there's a lot of different things that we can do to kind of combat that and to um, uh, intervene in those kind of situations. But one of the things that we can talk about is kind of that that human connection. Right. So, yeah. to me by someone that was close to me and um, you know there's a lot of different reasons for that and you certainly can never blame yourself especially when. maybe you have a huge family but you don't feel connected to them then you feel isolated and this can happen in lots of different scenarios and we know that
0: Are are perfect. I think that everything that you just said is, is is so much in all of what you just said right there that I don't think people really know the significance or the power of human connection in the way that you just formatted it. Um, and I and I can only speak for personal experience myself. I got into the whole suicide gang is because You know, I looked at my brother, I looked at my family, my brother, you know, suffered from some mental illnesses, um, and through the military. And when I seen him struggling, it just kind of was like, man, the last thing I want him to do is to hurt somebody else or himself. And so with his behavior at the time, that's just the road he was going to do. And also too, with myself, I went through a relationship, uh, divorced. And thoughts was in my head about, you know, well, you can't do anything right, you know, so you might as well just give up on yourself. And I had to quickly like change my mentality, change my perception about life and about how critical or how precious life can be. And some people can do that in a healthy facet and others can't. And so I was one of the lucky ones who I got help. But also too, I looked. I'm I'm a, I'm a faith guy. I'm a strong Christian, and so I use my spirituality to really kind of help me navigate through some of those hurdles or those thoughts. And man, I'm I, you know I'm I'm healed by the grace of God. But man, I mean, it really was a struggle to get out of those mindsets and and, and all of those things from a social or cultural issue. Um, it was it was it was a fight and. You know, those things that you mentioned in a sense of um how we should be more aware and how we treat people and knowing that, you know, for we we take things for granted. Like you mentioned with your friend passing from suicide, um, you didn't know some of the signs and signals that was 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 happening to that person. And the same way with me. Um and so I, I educated myself. I'm just like you. I wanted to find out more information and then that's how I got started with the, the non-for-profit with R2B with Reasons to Believe. But I want, I want you to really, I guess, expound on uh the reason or one of the reasons why you wanted to uh well I ain't gonna say you wanted to, but one of the reasons why I wanted you to collaborate with me on a great book for kids uh called Speaking Life and Hope. Because you mentioned one of the signs is that people think of hopelessness. And hopelessness is a big word, especially nowadays, because of COVID and all what's going on. A lot of people are struggling with that one word. I don't have any hope. There is no hope for me. I don't care. Nobody hears me. Nobody understands. But give your, if you can, it can be brief or long or however you want to say it, in regards to this book about how we are giving life and hope back. Uh, to youth and families through this book. <laughs> so I let I let you go at it, man. <laughs> um. So, first of all, I love the book. Um,
2: I'm biased, right? But like, yeah. it's a fantastic book. It's got a wonderful story, great message of hope in a very, very challenging conversation, and um, it's very difficult to talk about suicide awareness. Very difficult to talk about suicide prevention. There is a certain stigma that surrounds behavioral
1: health. To do as other human beings to help each other, um, and I won't give away the whole story. I want everyone to read it. Right. But, um
0: Yeah, I I, I totally agree with you. And not just because we both wrote the book, but because the message itself really, you know, impacts people, I think, from all ages, sizes, cultures, ethnic backgrounds. I think anyone who reads this book is going to be well informed of some of the simple or maybe even difficult or difficult signs of what suicide prevention either looks like or how we should have this conversation with youth in regards to that topic. Um One of the things that I love about the book is that I, when I connected with you on writing it, I had this format that I was thinking about. And when I gave it to you, you totally took the format and just like poof, like exploded it out, made it way bigger than what it was. And that all in itself really gave me some knowledge about you as a writer. You are a fantastic writer. Um, and I don't think you really know how good of a writer you are. Um, but I, I will say this, and I'm not joking. I think we had this conversation before. We will be doing another Fred Dexter book (laughs) together because I love your, your, your thinking and your writing style. Um, I, and as you know, the Fred Dexter series is something that I will continue, you know, for years and years and years and years. I have a great team who I work with. Um, and then the technology these days of coming up with the, 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 the art and the illustration, um, is, is fantastic. So big shout out to my guy, my main man, Ruben Armstrong, who does a great job of the illustration. And big shout out to you, Dr. Leo, for great writing. I know I did a little bit of writing, but man, you really just took a little piece of what I had and that thing just said, pow. I was like, oh man, this is awesome. So, um, so yeah, I, I strongly want to encourage people to get this book for a lot of different reasons, but I think right now, because of what's going on in America, I think everybody needs to be more aware, more, um, exposed to the do's, the pros and cons of this topic and how we can let people know about it in a professional and even sometimes in an unprofessional way. I I don't care. I don't, anything to save a life. I'm going to do it period. I don't want to see anybody take their own life or others and whatever I can do to help that mission. um, That's, that's what I'm going to do. So if you take a look at each, one of the things that I love, and I'm not going to share the book, Dr. Leo, but one of the things that we did on the very back, every Fred Dexter book has what we like to call Fred's facts. Um, And in Fred's facts, he really expounds, on some very diff, uh, excuse me, some very difficult wording about the book in the particular pages or on the particular pages. So I want to encourage the parents when you see or get the book, make sure you have the Fred's facts and talk about the Fred's facts with your kids. And I think you're going to be even more informed about those because those little, um, I guess, those little nuggets if I could say that really can hold a lot of big uh, uh, significance and, you know, uh, giving people more education and informing people on that. So big ups to that. All right. So um, now that we got Fred Dexter out the way, we talked a little bit about your beginning. We talked a little bit about your education. We talked a little bit about your background. I want to know, Uh, what is the future looking like for you in a sense of what you got going on? Uh, tell more people about hold fast and about that organization and how can people get connected with that whole, uh, fantastic group of people?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, my, uh, uh, my organization is hold fast together, um, And uh, I'm sure you can post links uh, when you post this, wherever you share this, but it's holdfasttogether.com. And essentially, it's just a platform to um, be able to reach out to me about any trainings that you might be interested in. Uh, I've had had a wonderful opportunity um, through my um, practice to be able to um, participate in a lot of clinical trainings, specifically for suicide prevention. I've been a lot.
0: Is this the one, I don't mean to cut you off, is this the one where you would no. tell, I, it was a book idea, you was like, well, the kids, if they see something and how they got to where they got is some things that they had to do to get to that. Yes. Yeah, talk about that because, yes, we want to write another book. I love that concept and I'm all in, my friend, on that. <laughs>
1: awesome. So, there's a, so as, um, through the years, um, you know, professionally, I've had a lot of opportunities to be mentored Um, And I've had an opportunity to mentor other people. And one of the things that I've noticed is that sometimes there's a lot of disconnect people have between what they want and how they get there. And I think that some of us are really fortunate to understand those connections right away. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people are very fortunate to have people um, show them them those connections. And then some people, they just don't um, make those connections. So a lot of people see um that you know that analogy right the one where you see the tip of the iceberg and that's the success right yeah, yeah. but you don't see everything underneath um so you don't understand what it takes to get there well you can't you can't jump levels. So it doesn't work that way you've got to do the thing to get the thing uh which is an oversimplification but it's a, it's a fun little tagline which basically means there's really there's a pathway to success there's a way to get from where you are now to where you want to be but there is a path and you need to follow it. And there's steps that you need to take to build that. And um, really it's not helpful to go alone. Um, We're all in this together, right? And if you can find mentors to help guide you along that path, to hit some of those, um, you know, those landmarks, to be able to carve out where you need to go, to not get derailed and go down the wrong path, to continue to stay on the path, even if you can't see the summit, to be able to keep moving forward.
0: And that's just kind of a sneak peek of what do the thing right. uh, to get the thing. I love it, man. I love it. I can't, I can't wait to write it because we're going to be starting on that, if not this spring, hopefully this summer, um, to kind of get that going. I, For those who don't know, uh, because of COVID, I just finished a book called uh, uh, Wear a Mask. Um, so the Fred Dexter series is totally, I'm almost done with it, Dr leo we' we're, we're, we're on the final stages of that and it's been quite a journey as you already know um but i I've got a book about wearing the mask and about social distancing how a pen pand- what is a pandemic how can we safeguard ourselves and others why should we wear our masks um that kind of thing so that should be out here hopefully within the next month or two and I was going to start on Another Fred Dexter series about, uh, or excuse me, Fred Dexter book about uh, being a African American father, but I'm going to do that. But I think this one that want you to do the thing to get the thing, I think that one needs to be, I think we need to roll with that one here pretty quick Um, because I can see, you know, sparks and flames and everything going out with kids wanting to see that. I think that's going to be really, really cool. So, um, yeah, so I, 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 and this is what I love about your, your, your thought patterns. And you think a lot like me, you're, you're one of those individuals who think like, well, what can I do to help young people or kids for say, start thinking about their purpose and their plan and how they can do something now that will propel them or to, uh, give them an example to start thinking about their future. And that's one of the things about you that I just love as a person who loves to give back to the youth and loves to say, hey, I know what you're seeing right now, but do you see the big picture and why we do what we are doing? There is a big picture uh, about this. And um, I think that's what our mentors were really helping us to see that, yo, you can start somewhere, you can look at it, but do you see the big picture on why? That you need to do it or the significance of why you need to do it. So great stuff, man. Great stuff. And I'm serious. We're gonna get started on uh uh the, do the thing to get the thing. I'm telling you, get the thing to do the thing. I can't think of it now, but yeah, we're gonna start on that soon. <laughs> so as we close, um and then follow-up too with Whole Fast, um, great organization. Um, and anybody who wants to know about that, you guys can feel free to go to wholefast.com. And you will see Dr. Leo and all of what he's done with that organization. And, you know, it's called WholeFastTogether.com. So if you want, I'll put a link um, inside the podcast also, too, when I edit this uh, to let people know where they can find you and be more interested, if they're interested about how they can get in contact with you and to uh, help with the mission and the purpose of what you got going on. All right. Absolutely. Um, If you're interested in reaching out to me for training um, or for consultation
1: or if you just want to ask some questions about suicide prevention or anything in general, um, just contact me through the email at Hold fast Together. Um, I'd be happy to answer any questions you have. So please reach out. Um, Before we wrap though, John, I would like to share a story and some resources if that's okay.
0: Yes, please. Go right in. Perfect. All right. So we've been talking a lot about human connection right yes and you probably know the story already because i probably already
1: shared it with you john but this is one of my um, favorite stories about human connection and suicide prevention um and i apologize greatly to not crediting it to the original um individual but for the life of me i cannot find the story again to save my life so I apologize. <laughs> okay um, but here's kind of a, a story that i like to talk about in my trainings um to really emphasize the power of human connection uh so there's a gentleman uh, who's having kind of a bad day? Not uh, for whatever's going on in his life, things aren't going so great that day. He goes into a restaurant, he goes in there to order some food, and the waitress comes to take his order. Well, she's kind of crabby too. She's apparently not having a good day either. And so um, he is not normally a crabby guy, but he's a little crabby that day. So they have a little bit of conflict. And uh, it's not like him to do that. So he feels bad about it. So when the waitress comes back to the table, he's like, hey, I'm so sorry. That's not like me at all. I don't really lash out at people. Um, I really apologize. I'm just having a bad day. You know, uh, You know, my dog got out this morning. I had to chase him through the mud. It was just awful. And I've just been in a bad mood. It has nothing to do with you. You're doing a great mm-hmm. job here. Thank you so much for your time. And she's like, "Oh, don't worry about it. No, it's no problem, right? hmm sorry for bothering you. I just wanted to share with you how powerful it was that you took this time out of your day to say something nice. To me. Mm. And every time I tell that story, just chills, just chills, right? Because it's so powerful. It's a real story. Wow. Um, and uh, it's just amazing because so many times throughout our day, we have an opportunity to be kind. And mm-hmm. I'm not even talking about You know, doing something like a serious suicidal intervention. I'm talking about being kind to other people, taking that moment to stop and to do that extra little thing that maybe they need that may change the course of their life forever. Um, And I think we have an obligation to try to do that as much as possible. And um, whether it has a dramatic impact like that, maybe a young man goes to college, uh, maybe somebody's kinder to their kids when they get home. Who knows? But we
0: have an obligation, I think, to do that to connect with other people. I strongly agree. Great story. It chills up my spine even hearing that. Um, <laughs> so I just want to let you know. I was like, man, this guy is telling a story. I'm over here like, oh my god, I need tissue almost. Um, but yeah, Doctor Leo. I mean, well said. I mean, I can't even go. Well, 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 well said. Um, we don't know what people are going no. through. We,
1: we do. So let me wrap up with a couple of resources. Yep. Um, so if you haven't read this book, Why People Die by Suicide by Dr. Thomas Joyner, please, please, please read it if you are interested in suicide fairness and suicide prevention. It's on Amazon. It's a very easy read. It's not uh, very clinical in nature. It's very powerful. Um, it tells a lot about Dr. Joyner's own experiences with the loss of his father and the research he does, and it just really hits home. I really recommend it. Um, Another thing that I also recommend is uh, there is a one-hour documentary. I guess you call it documentary. It was a play, but it was filmed um, by HBO, and they made it a one-hour show. I know you can find it on HBO. I'm not sure you can find it on video on demand as well. It's called Every Brilliant Thing. Hmm. And it is about a man growing up with a mother with severe behavioral health issues hmm. who eventually takes her own life. And it's him struggling with growing up that way and then him str- growing up struggling with that loss and his own behavioral health issues. Hmm. Um, but most importantly, it's really about hope. And the title, Every Brilliant Thing, is what he used to make lists for her every day that's what he would call his brilliant things of the reasons why she should live. And, um, it's just one of my favorite things I've ever seen. It's extremely powerful, full of hope. I really recommend it. (coughs) Um, and then the last thing I would recommend is, um, if you're interested in suicide awareness, uh, suicide awareness and prevention, uh, take a training. Um, it could be one of my trainings. I would love to do a training for any group that's interested in it. Um, but there are also other fantastic organizations out there. That do suicide prevention trainings, and if you have any questions about those, um, please be in touch with myself or John, and we can definitely um, help you uh, connect to those resources. Because um, we all have an obligation to take care of each other, and it's really hard to do that without tools.
0: Love it, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. I'm I'm glad um, you gave us all those resources because people need extra support where needed. And like you mentioned earlier, we don't know who's listening and who would need this information. So this is great information. So thank you for sharing that. I really, really appreciate it. Um, Well, as I go, um, I do want to say once again, thank you so much, Dr. Leo, for your time. Thank you so much for your service. Um, And I'm learning even more from you um as we get to know each other even further. So I'm just grateful that I know you. And that I too, uh, am a product of one of your trainings. Um, so I, when I mean to, when I mean to tell you, um, my podcasters, my followers out there, when this guy knows his stuff, he knows his stuff and he's very, very thorough, but also too, he's very, um, uh, educated on this topic and he, to me he brings it in a way that will not only make you think but it'll 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 spark you to cause positive change for somebody who really needs this information so um once again thanks a lot so as i close um let's see normally i like to play a game normally i always I always play a game but i'm trying to think how i'm going to do this because i well i'll just do it this way on my on my way out. Um, let's see who and this is. I love sitcoms. Anybody who knows me, they know I love sitcoms. All right. So before Twitter, Instagram, and all of the streaming services, uh, there were sitcoms out there. So you're a little older than me, not by that much, but you. I mean, you know, we 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 know about the 80s and 90s. Uh, if you can tell me. What was one of your favorite sitcoms um, growing up as a kid? Um, yeah, tell me what. Tell me what was one of your favorite sitcoms growing up as a kid? Okay, so I have to, I have to come
1: clean on this. I
0: actually posted on Facebook so everyone knows. I'm a little embarrassed, but I love Frasier. It's one of my favorite sitcoms. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's that, that's nice. Okay, and Frasier. Um, you know, I did watch Frazier because he was a, from what I know, he was a counselor, right? Wasn't he a counselor or a doctor? He was a psychiatrist, he's a psychiatrist, kind of like you. Uh, the one thing that I liked about Fraser was the dog. Uh, he had <laughs> the dog on there, and I could not, I don't remember what the dog's name was, but Eddie. it was what was it called? <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, yes. So, Eddie. Well, I always have these little quirks and these things that he would do. You know, anytime Fraser would say something to do something. So the reason why I'm saying this, uh, uh, Mr. Le- uh, Doctor Leo, is because normally, uh, culturally, sitcoms is one way that we used to sit down and relax and watch and be at a place where we can be calm, cool, and collective. Um, and I'm pretty sure like anybody of the millions of viewers, Frasier was probably one of those shows where when you watched it, you was like, man, I can't wait to the next episode to see what's probably what's going to happen next. Um, so I want to encourage people, sometimes you can take a look back at some of the, your own or old episodes, whether it be a sitcom or old TV show, and you maybe can find some healing in laughter uh and that's one of the things that I'm a strong believer in I love to laugh and I love to make people laugh people call me a comedian all the time but Frazier was one of those shows oh my god it, it, it was a it, his his comic his comedy was a thinking you have to think about the laugh and and, and how he presented um because most and I don't and I'm just speaking for me I don't know this for verbatim but most African Americans wouldn't watch necessarily Frasier, for, for, for say. I would. I know I would. Cause I, I, anytime you know about the dog. So I'm, I'm telling you right now, I was a fan of, of Frazier. Uh, but I tell people all the time, my favorite sitcom was Martin. Um, and Martin, you know, at that time clicked in the 90s for black men, black America and how black culture was for us at that at that time around so I want to encourage everybody to make sure that you live make sure that you laugh and make sure that you love and then also to Dr. Uh, Leo thank you for mentioning uh, about the word hope today um, because it is something that people are taking for granted and they don't know that there is hope out there and that there are people like yourself uh, who want to give hope to the hopeless so Thank you so much for your service. Uh,
1: thank you for thank you for having me, John. I really appreciated it. And and yes, you're right. Um, if there's anybody out there that's not sure uh, that anyone cares, I care. John cares. We all think you're really important. We all think you matter
0: you got it man well listen everybody uh dr leo stay on but to everybody out there go to john if you want to catch me the next time around uh, of course we're doing big things i got some things coming up with our next podcast and i don't want to tell you who it is but this is season two stay focused stay driven god bless you we'll see you soon peace stay on dr leo